the leaders that really thrive when it comes to networking, they're the ones that see a problem and don't say, I have to fix this. They see a problem and go, somebody out there has already fixed this. I just got to find that leader. And then I got to ask them that question. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to build a little bit of anticipation. We are a big fan of partnerships at Stay Forth. We have some incredible partners that we've been working with, and we're going to kick off partnerships with a few others, because ultimately, we want to see more people get this message of healthy leadership, of sustainable leadership, of going the long haul. And there are others that can help us get the word out about that, and there are others we can help get the word out about their message. Maybe your organization is one of those, and in the future, you'll be able to apply to be a Stay Forth partner if we feel like our organizations and our messages fit together. So in just a few weeks, you're going to hear about a new partnership that we are kicking off. And we're asking for you guys to partner with us so we can continue creating this podcast for you, curating amazing conversations. And again, we love having these conversations, but it does take quite a bit of work to be able to put two episodes a week out there to you guys. So we will share about this possibility for you to partner with us and for you to hear about our new partner. We think they're going to be a great opportunity to invite you into maybe hearing more about them so that they can help you push your cause further down the road so that you can raise money for your organization or your ministry or your idea. You are going to want to hear about these guys. So I know it builds the anticipation, but it doesn't really tell you what we're talking about. I promise in the next few weeks, you'll hear more. So enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We've got a good one for you today. We actually have our youngest podcast guest ever on Right Side Up Leadership Podcast, Dylan Smith. And uh, Dylan just has a really interesting story. And I love talking with young leaders. I mean, I absolutely love being with young leaders. Now, what's interesting is in some rooms, uh, I'm a young leader. In other rooms, I'm an older leader. It really just depends on the room that we're at. But I love being with younger leaders who are hungry. And Dylan is one of those. He talks about mentorship and how it's so important for young leaders to be hungry. He says so many things that I just deeply, deeply agree with and think that we can continue to take to heart. Guys, here's the reality. If you're listening to this, you're older than someone and you can lead down and you can mentor and you can help grow other people, raise them up, pull them up to a new level of influence, give them opportunities, but you're also younger than someone. And you can go to someone humbly. You can ask questions. One thing we say at Stay Forth is that only the hungry grow. So a question to just ask as you're listening to this episode is, am I hungry? Am I hungry? And I can tell Dylan is one of those young, hungry leaders that's going to go on to do some pretty incredible things. Um, So David, uh, talk about a mentor that's shaped you at some point in your life. Yeah, for me in my journey, mentorship has been absolutely crucial. Um, I would not be where I am today without mentors in my life. And I think um, specifically about a man named David Bell um, who who poured into me and my senior year of college, but also invited me into ministry. And he was the one who showed me what ministry looked like as I served under him. And then he was one of the mentors that saw something in me that I did not see. I had insecurity. um, I couldn't fathom. Uh, stepping into the role that I was being called into. Because I, when when Susanna and I moved to Colorado, I was 
24 at the time. And I could not think about planting a church at 24 years old. And my mentors spoke words of encouragement and affirmation um, and challenge into my life and uh, helped push me towards something that I don't think I would have been able to do on my own. I know I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. So I'm so thankful for just the wisdom, the modeling, um, the encouragement, the challenge, the accountability that has come from my relationships with mentors. And uh, it's crucial. And every, every leader should have that relationship in their life. And so we encourage you, if you're listening to this and you do not have one or you've never had a mentor, pray about that, wrestle with it, think about somebody in your life that could pour into you because it's absolutely crucial for growth. Yeah. And I've had seasonal mentors. It's interesting. I've had, you know, maybe 15 to 20 guys and, and some gals that have deeply shaped my life. Yeah. And I've, I've looked to them, I've admired them for something and they walked alongside of me for a season. And I've had a few who, you know, many years later I could call, you know, on their cell at any point, but Really, it's like God has provided the right people for the right level of growth that I needed. I always have two or three guys who are younger than me. I'll invite over to our house uh, and maybe we'll just have conversations. Sometimes I just invite them into the chaos of life in that. And so I just want to stress, doesn't matter how old or young you are, you can be mentored by someone and you can mentor someone. I love the hunger of this conversation uh, from Dylan Smith. And again, I love the perspective on only the hungry grow. So enjoy this conversation with Dylan Smith. Well, we've got a special guest for you here today. Excited to host this conversation with Dylan Smith. Dylan, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's an honor to be here, man. So you do quite a bit, and um, I will say you are doing quite a bit at a young age. So I'm excited to dig into this conversation for several reasons, um, to talk about the generations and some of the differences there, some of the similarities, some of the content um, that, that you're part of. But just let us in a little bit to your world. What are some of the things that you're doing during each week? Yeah. Um, so uh, some of your audience might know this guy, but there's a guy named Kerry Newhoff. Uh, he's a leadership expert, podcaster guy. And uh, I've been able to not only work for him as his executive assistant and now content manager, but I helped launch his most recent book launch. Um, didn't see it coming. Uh, if you've ever heard of the book, it's it was basically seven greatest challenges that um, kind of everybody goes through in leadership. And uh, so I was 20 years old when Carrie looked at me and said, Hey, I need you to lead this book launch. And man, uh, <laughs> I was not ready for that challenge by any means. But uh, I had good mentors, I had good coaches. And uh, God really kind of just brought me through, you know, it was a, it was a great experience. But yeah, so now I'm just writing content for Carrie and helping run our site. That's my week. So you are officially our youngest guest. So congratulations. Uh, I'll send you a pair of socks in the mail. Uh, I'm excited to dig into that, Dylan. How do you step into these uh, spaces of influence at such a young age? What led you up to that moment of Carrie saying, lead this book launch process? Oh, man. Um, so one is I always have to step in with a humble mindset. And if I don't, I get removed pretty quickly. Uh, I've noticed in my life. Um, it, so I didn't know Carrie growing up or anything like that. I'm from Nebraska. He lives in Canada. Um, but we met one time at my college and 
I just asked some really good questions. And those questions were actually from mentors that I had in my life that I just, I totally stole them. <laughs> like the questions and, uh, basically those questions impressed Carrie enough to, uh, hire me on later on. But, um, like that's one isolated pocket of just a long series of events where God has kind of guided me when I didn't know what I was doing, but he still led me to these awesome opportunities. And, uh, so that, that's how I ended up with Carrie was using the mentors and network that I had and, uh, really making that one meeting count when it, uh, could have mattered. So he hired me on. And then, um, shortly after getting hired, uh, I was really struggling actually in the company. Like I, I was coming in from college. I had never had a real job before. So I was kind of in this phase where it was the hardest but best job I'd ever had. And um, I realized that I wasn't enough to make it through that job. And that was within the first month of working there. But what I did have is I'd, I had a network of leaders around me who could coach me, who could help me, and who I could really go to and say, you know, hey, uh, I have no clue what I'm doing. I, I don't know how to move on past this next step. I don't know what running a schedule looks like for a, you know, a best-selling author and stuff like that. Um, but when I went to that network, they were my strength. They were my support. And when I wasn't enough, the network of leaders that I'd surrounded myself with was, and that's what led to, um, you know, a few months after starting Carrie saying, Hey, uh, we need someone on our team to lead this book launch. And I think you're the one to do it. And, uh, Man, it was just a constant uh, kind of flow of struggles, but it was also just one of the richest experiences in my life. So really grateful for that. Well, thanks for your honesty on that. It's interesting, Dylan, that so many times um, I hear people downing on millennials and I hear people downing on Gen Z. And two of the complaints I hear are um, not humble enough, willing to you know, go to other people for help. And secondly, not hardworking enough. And you are, sounds like humble and hardworking. Those are big values to you. So speak into that for a minute. Debunk the myth that all millennials and Gen Z are entitled and aren't willing to work hard and aren't willing to tap into mentoring networks. You're incredibly passionate about those things. So debunk that myth that so many people, I think, have been wrongly flinging at millennials and Gen Z. Mm, mm, that's good. Uh, so I heard Brian Miles say this once. Uh, I don't know if you know him. He runs Belay. Um, but uh, Brian Miles says that um, there aren't necessarily uh, like not all millennials are lazy, but lazy people are lazy. And I think we have to make that key distinction. And sure, there are a lot of people our age that are lazy, but I know a lot of 50 year olds that are also lazy. Like, um, so I, I think that we put these pegs on young people, even though like we, we let the actions of a few determine the rights and description of many. And I think we need to like caution ourselves against that because right now, um, uh, our team under Carrie is Carrie who he's a Gen Xer. So he, he calls himself the forgotten generation. Nobody talks about him, the generation between boomers and millennials. Um, but the rest of our team are all millennials. And we have seen just, you know, ridiculous growth in the last few years. And especially before I got there, um, just seeing this massive trajectory of like really high demands on our team and all of these millennial workers stepped up and really have just led this thing. And, uh, so 
Sure, there are lazy millennials. I don't think all millennials are lazy. I think you just have to find the right ones. And then, um, so the humility aspect of it, uh, man, sometimes life knocks you down early. Uh, I was definitely one where I got knocked down (laughs) um, young a few different times. And one of my first big lessons that I learned the hard way in ministry was, hey, you're a little prideful. Um, And so I think I have this like, this fear ever since, because that was the first bit of feedback I ever had. Um, and I've just had this fear of being the prideful leader that nobody wants to be around ever since. Um, so that, that has really been helpful. And every once in a while, um, mentors will just be able to speak into my life. And I, there, there's something where I have to say, I never would have known that on my own. So that's another source of humility is, there are older leaders that are really wise and I, it feels like I will never get to their level of wisdom, but you know, 15 years down the road, I will be, I just have to remember that I'm not there right now. Yeah. I love that. Dylan, what do you look for in a mentor? Uh, so one of the biggest things with, uh, looking for a mentor is the mentor has to have the time and the desire to pour into somebody. Um, I, I think the one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is you have to clarify when you want somebody to be your mentor. You can't just like meet with them a couple times and label them a mentor. It, it needs to be a pre-done conversation. And most often, um, they it, like most leaders who are looking to mentor somebody, uh, they'll find you um, <laughs> if you're a young leader with potential. But if you bring up that word mentor, a leader will be in or they will be out. And I think it's good to make that distinction with them. Um, so that's key. And then you also have to look at, um, the two big things, you know, character and competency. Um, I would always look at character first. If this is a leader that I would be proud to be for my family's sake in 10 years, that's a good mentor and competency wise, uh, they've got to be killing it in whatever they're doing. Um, and maybe like, they don't have to be necessarily top, but I've had many mentors where they're just a good cop or they're, they're a good police officer, um, in my hometown, or maybe they're a good firefighter, but whatever it is, like they have to be able to do their job well. And they, um, so I think that's the competency bit, but those two things really build into a great mentor. And then the willingness is huge. Awesome. I love it. I remember Dylan, when I was a student pastor, I was accidentally mentored by many of the parents. And so he had that kind of uh, double mentoring happening, right? Where I was investing in their kid and in getting together with them. I didn't realize this, but they were accidentally mentoring me in that they were speaking into me. They were asking questions. They were being humble and asking what I thought about their own parenting or their own kids. And we got to kind of partner with them in that way. And I actually look back, that was one of the greatest things I got to experience as a student pastor is that accidental mentoring. I think about a fire chief locally. I think about business leaders. I think about this one guy who ripped me a new one one time and then was able to express how much he cared for me. And honestly, I needed to be ripped a new one. So I look back and I'm like, man, some of those days hurt so good, but I didn't realize that's kind of what was happening is is that mentoring. Uh, I know you're passionate about leveraging networking. We talked about that before the episode, before we came on the air. I'm hugely passionate about what I call collective genius or tapping into the other. Uh, What is somebody amazing at? Talk a little bit about that. Where did you get that hunger or that passion uh, to leverage networking or connections? Mm, uh, 
this gets into a bit of my uh, personal story, I think. Uh, and this, this ties in with mentorship too. Um, but when I was, so this, I don't want to turn this into a counseling session, but when I was 12, uh, my dad passed away and, uh, it, it was a motorcycle crash. It was difficult. Um, but that's one of those formative experiences in your life where you can make serious mental, um, like changes. And one of those changes is I realized, oh, I need to learn all of these things. Like, um, my dad was a farmer. So like learning how to run a tractor, how to fix cars, how to fix fence, all that kind of stuff that, I no longer had to teach my, like to learn from him. I had to go and learn from somebody else. So my entire life, I've had this habit of just going out and seeking out people who knew more than I did. And, uh, so that's where that desire comes from personally in me. And then now that I'm in ministry, like every minister faces this all the time where you have a problem that you have no clue how to fix, right? And uh, the leaders that really thrive when it comes to networking, they're the ones that see a problem and don't say, I have to fix this. They see a problem and go, somebody out there has already fixed this. I just got to find that leader. And then I got to ask them that question. Um, so that's where networking comes in huge for me is um, it, whenever I face a challenge or a struggle, I think, who in my network or who in my community knows how to fix this or has been through this before and I can learn from them. So that's, that's my big passion there. And, uh, I think how you handle those individual meetings is absolutely key. So, um, if you look at it and you, you sit down and you just go into a meeting without writing questions down, without being prepared at all or doing any homework on the leader, uh, it's not going to go very well for you. And you're definitely not getting a follow-up meeting. Um, but what I've had to learn, especially being a young leader, is if I come in prepared with questions, with a game plan of what I want to learn from this person and what I want the relationship to look like afterwards, that is so helpful for networking um, and doing it the right way, too. Because you hinted at this, but networking can get a bad rap uh, <laughs> sometimes where it's like, yeah, you're just leveraging yep. people to get what you want. And no, that is not um, the point of networking. That doesn't help anybody when you're just leveraging other people. And um, so I think the big part of that mindset is looking at it as not only are you growing um, your network and obviously knowing more people and getting more contacts to help fix those problems, but you're also building relationships and you're also hearing people's story and you're learning what God is doing in your city or in your state or in your country, but you're learning from other people and I would always say to, if you're into networking and, uh, well, I think every leader needs to be into networking to some level, but I think you need to meet with diverse voices. You need to meet with voices with really different stories than you. Um, one of the most valuable relationships I have in my life is with my pastor and mentor. Uh, his name is Myron Pierce. And he is... One of my really good friends. Really? We love Myron. He's been on this podcast. What? Yep. Uh, so he's a legend. I didn't know he'd been on the podcast. <laughs> um, but Myron is a mentor of mine. And I, I couldn't point out someone who has a more different story than me. You know, he was an ex-convict and he, he got saved in prison and now he's out. He's a pastor. He's changing the world. Um, and he's working with Exponential now, actually, which go him. Um, but uh, yeah, so like having those diverse uh, relationships are huge. And I'm sure you can speak into that, too. I mean, uh, you and Myron, you guys also are probably very different people, but you've been able to build a relationship with him there. Yeah, I love... Um... 
I love Myron and the the relationship there. And actually, if you go back to episode 18, um, he talks about his heart for side hustles and ministry. And on episode 13, he talks about going from dope dealer to hope dealer. Uh, Myron's a a great friend of Stay Forth Designs. And um, I love when I find those connections. Uh, I get on all the time, um, whether it's online and you see mutual friend requests, you see people that we have in common, you'll see a selfie with somebody. And I said, I had no idea that you knew this person. And sometimes it's useful to talk about it as connecting instead of networking, because I think networking has just been branded in that kind of awkward uh, business group. It's kind of introverts, nightmare, small talk, you know, three minutes to share everything about you, trade business cards. And what you're saying is, is the opposite of that. When we need to truly invest in other people. I think it's the difference between reciprocity and generosity. Reciprocity, yeah, we just kind of expect something comes back from that and and that's fine and that's okay and that's the bottom line, but that is not the end. The end of generosity is truly what God has built us for. I think that's at the heart of of mentoring, Dylan. So let's get really practical with this. Um, People listening are saying, I really do have a heart for the next generation. I want to invest my life in those uh, in their 20s specifically, um, but I just don't know how. Maybe the word mentoring sounds really weighty. People don't think they're good enough, skilled enough, killing it enough to be able to do that. But what are some really practical ways that those who are older than their 20s can invest in those who are right now in their 20s? That's good. It's a really good question. Uh, I think, so I look back over my leadership journey and Again, I've already said this, but um, there's many times where I'm not enough and I need someone's older like wisdom and guidance. Um, So like mentoring can be a really heavy burden. So not everybody can do it. But if you have the time to invest in someone who is, you know, 20 years younger than you man, do it, like set up a once a month meeting and just say, you know, hey, come to this meeting prepared. I'll answer whatever questions you got. You got me for an hour and I just want to pour into you. Um, but if you can't do that, uh, one thing that I've done is I've set up quarterly meetings with leaders. And what I've noticed is that those quarterly meetings, um, I'm, I don't want to sound too charismatic on you, but like God has a way to handle those quarterly meetings, um, where they land right when my life feels like it's falling apart. So then I, I, I have this meeting with a, a leader friend of mine named Dennis, who he's just phenomenal. But uh, I meet with him once a quarter. And I think three of the four times in the last year has been like my three highest stress weeks. And then I go into a meeting with him and I bring all my problems and he's got all the answers. So it doesn't have to be a, you know, every week meeting or an every month meeting. But if you can do an occasional meeting with a young leader, that's awesome. Um, I would say that sometimes people my age don't understand how valuable your time is. And uh, I'd ask for a little bit of grace because I I look back and I've been that leader um, where I didn't realize just how much of an investment this leader was making into my life. And now looking back, I'm so grateful for them making that investment, even when I didn't come prepared, even when I didn't um, totally appreciate his time or uh, whatever. I really thank those older leaders for that grace. So if they can extend that, that would be amazing. Um, you you did an interview with Katie Cole that was outstanding, by the way. Thank you, Alan, for recording that. Um, but 
one of her points was spectacular and it was the uh be a champion for the the female and minority leaders uh in your uh organization and like if you're an older leader and i would say the same thing for the younger leader uh if you're an older leader and you see that there's this kid in the youth group or there's this 20 something that he's kind of hanging around and he's volunteering extra and whatever be a champion for him in the elder meetings be be calling him out and saying you know hey this kid's doing stuff. He's going somewhere with his life. Let's pour into him early and uh, it, try to make sure that um, older people are hearing the the names and voices of the younger leaders as often as possible. Uh, I think that's that's probably the best practical advice I can give. Um, there's so many little things that are just personal occasions uh, that it, it's it's on that relationship basis that they can do too. But awesome, that's great. Super super practical and, and helpful. I'd add one more to that. If you're listening, wondering, what do I have to offer? Uh, then as you sit down for coffee or a meal or bump into somebody who's in their 20s and you feel like you want to invest in them, just sit down, buy them a meal, have that conversation. And at some point say, is there any way I can help you right now? Maybe they want to start a business and you've already done that. Many times we try to figure out this magic formula and all we've got to do is ask and to be, be able to lean into that. Uh, Dylan, we always want to ask this question um, to every leader that comes on to the podcast. We want to get personal. We care about health and longevity of leaders. You got a whole long time left in, in your life and leadership and ministry career. But right now in your life, what are some practices that you've put in place to stay healthy? Oh man, uh, so many, so many things uh, that build into the health of my life. Uh, one of the things is, if anybody is familiar with what my boss does, we've got a course called The High Impact Leader. And one of the main teachings of that is to be able to do what I'm best at when I'm at my best. And uh, I really have to focus in on that. So I do like probably four or five hours of writing a day for my job right now. And I have to make sure that that writing window is like happening when I'm at my best. So for me, that's 8 a.m. to about 1 p.m. is my my good writing slash focus window. Uh, but so I, I make sure to do that there. And then when I'm not in those times, I'm intentionally spending time with family, with friends, with whatever I need to do to stay healthy. Uh, so that's one. Two, I am quick to go to a counselor if I ever notice something is wrong. And I, I know you, you hear a 21-year-old say that and you go, well, I mean, how much can a 21-year-old have to go to counseling over? Um, <laughs> but I think our generation is, uh, I think we're going to be known as the mental health generation. I really do, at least in some way. But we are just, uh, if you look at college and university campuses right now, uh, I think 50% of the incoming students are wanting to, are saying that they would be interested in counseling services on campus. Um, so I think we really need that as we come in and that's due to technology and stuff like that. Um, but so counseling is huge for me. Uh, limiting technology, the nice segue. Um, but limiting technology is huge also for me is I can't be productive if I'm you know watching YouTube or listening to podcasts for eight hours a day. So I got to cut that out. Um, and I think just saying no to the, the poorly timed uh, requests and stuff that especially people my age are prone to ask. Um, so if it's like the last minute buddy's driving into town, calls me and says, Hey Dylan, I'm in town. Let's hang out. Let's do this. A lot of times you got to say no. And, uh, I, my, my calendar has begun to look like I think an, an older, uh, person's calendar would at a young age. And 
I, it's been so worth it because when I wasn't living that way and I was, you know, saying yes to everything and emo- it, like it's, even if it was like they needed help with something, it still was burning me out. And it was like, I, I was irritated all the time. I was di- like it, on the path to leading a life that was just cut, marked with burnout. And, uh, it's just not healthy and it's dangerous. So, um, those are the things that I do, uh, I really need to be better at a few different things. Uh, <laughs> I could be better at exercise. I could be better at um, eating better and tracking my diet and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, I I do my best. Uh, but <laughs> I have not made a solid rhythm of that yet. Well, thanks for sharing. And by the way, anyone listening, we don't have every area of the market cornered when it comes to our health. Um, we believe that greater health leads to greater impact. Downline, if you aim at impact, then you're going to hit a wall at some point. You're going to find the slow fade. You're going to find yourself overwhelmed, heading toward burnout. And so we do believe that it is possible, whether you are 21 or 71, to lean in, to become healthy, to become the person God designed you to be so that you can have the impact that God um, has waiting for you. It talks about it in Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship first. And then he's got work for us to do. So Dylan, it's been awesome chatting with you today. Thanks for coming on as uh, crowned our youngest guest ever on the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Thanks for stopping by today and sharing with us. Thanks, man. It's been an honor. Man, another great conversation here on the podcast. Loved hearing from Dylan. And we're going to continue to have some younger leaders here on the podcast. That's so important for us to hear from people who are younger than us, but their faith is thriving and is vibrant. We always love when you guys leave reviews and we read these from time to time. C.O. Mitch says, I can't speak highly enough about the principles and wisdom that gets shared on the podcast. There's a lot of noise in the world today and many people are fighting for attention and to be recognized. There's a dramatic difference between attention and impact. I'm so glad there are voices like Alan and David. The next one says, no matter what level you lead at, leadership takes a toll Those of us in ministry know it can be the most fulfilling yet draining thing we do. Alan and David stir up real topics and conversations to keep us centered on health, rest, and a life of impact. Thanks, Mike Dubs, for that. So the challenge that we want to leave you with this episode is to reach out to someone in your life that you admire, that you respect, that you want to learn from. We're not saying you have to jump right into a mentorship relationship, but take that next right step. It could be an email, a phone call, a cup of coffee to engage with that relationship and to see what God does with it. But we sincerely believe that there's always someone that you can be pouring into as a leader, but there's always someone that can be pouring into you. And so if that's missing in your life, we want to encourage you to take that first step in reaching out and engaging with someone that can be pouring into you. So we're thankful for this conversation. Uh, I know mentors have been so crucial in Alan's life and in my life. That's really how Alan and I first got connected is he, he was coaching me as a young church planner. He was pouring into me and that's how our relationship started. And now we get to do this podcast together and coach and consult together. And so God works wonderful things through those kind of relationships. And so we want to encourage you to press into those things. And at Stay Fort Designs, we believe that you can lead, but lead healthy, that we don't have to lose our souls along the way. So thanks so much for tracking along with us. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast.
so long.